cheers. Cheers. Tingy, ting, ting. Welcome to the Dad Life Podcast. Welcome. My name's Chris. And I'm Ryan. And I, oh. I hope you are too, am very are excited for, for today. Are you stoked for this? I am more stoked than you could possibly imagine. I'm no, fired up. I think you're, this is delicious, by the way. Is it? Mm-hmm. <sighs> you get in there and you tell me what you think. <laughs> That's better that than is, what we were pre-drinking. That is full of flavor and full of excitement. And let me tell you what we're talking about today. I'm not mad about that at all. Today we're talking about skiing, something that has seriously shaped my life in a yeah. lot of different ways. All of my decisions were a lot of the a lot of the time based around all of them. If and when I can go skiing. Okay. Yeah, dude. From the first time I ever went when I was in third grade, I was like. You have those epiphanies, and that was one of them in my life where I'm like, yep, I want to do this forever, and I love it, and it's like ingrained just part of who I am. It's the way it's always been. So as soon as I could remember, it was, okay, I got to move somewhere where I can ski all the time. Where did you ski the very first time? I went in a place called Kissing Bridge. It's a place about 15 minutes away from my house. Whoa. Yeah, it was super close. That's way close. Super blessed to live that close, but they were hills. They were were definitely not mountains. Um, But I'm kind of getting ahead of myself because I can talk a lot about this. We're drinking. We are drinking. Something (laughs) that I was like... I got super excited about when we heard we're going to have this um, oh, topic you gotta, you gotta tell a story. what we're drinking. Tell the um, whole story. Today, we're drinking uh, Shane McConkie yep. India Pale Ale. Um, the whole story is when we first got word from Eminem Distributing that uh, this would couple with our skiing episode. Mm-hmm. I was in the supermarket when I got the, the, um, the news and... Uh, my heart started racing. There happened to be a 311 song playing over the loudspeaker in the supermarket, which, which was kind of strange, but kind of <laughs> awesome as well. Um, Not that you liked that. And the name of the song was Good Feeling, to top it all off. It is a good feeling. But today we're talking about skiing, and we're, we're drinking a Shane McConkie India Pale Ale out of Crazy Mountain Brewing in Colorado. Um, Where in Colorado? Is it um, Denver. Is, okay. It's Denver. Okay. This is a seven percent. Really? Yeah. Ooh. It's a podcast gonna get fun. It's an IPA and it's showing an SRM of seven. Not all our beers have that SRM, which is that standard reference model. Let me. I don't know what that means. Let me check my work here. It's the color. Standard reference method. So the smaller the number, the lighter the beer. Oh. And this is only a seven on a scale of what looks to go to about eighty. Okay. One to 80, so Whoa. it's way light. Yeah, it's really light. Um, it doesn't taste like an IPA, to be honest. That doesn't – when I think of IPA, I think of like really, really hoppy. And I don't – I don't know. For me, it doesn't – this does not taste like an IPA. It uh, does. To me, so? I don't we, know. we just had, more, I think, more of a – Maybe that's because like we were Like a stronger f- flavor on the, the first one we drank. Oh, uh, okay. We got, maybe we shouldn't pre-drink. Yeah. It, it you know – Puts a different taste on the palate. Dulls the senses. <laughs> um, it tastes like an IPA, like it. but it's not as like it's not bam, in your face. super yeah. super heavy heavy taste. It's um, an easy drinking IPA. How about that? It is, and with a seven percent, it's a it's a good, it's a good time. one. It's a real good time. So 
I don't know. We weren't know where to begin. Let's talk about Shane McConkey. Do you know yeah, who, he, who he is? Have you heard I've his name? I've heard of him my entire. So I have a feeling that we probably were looking at close to, because you're just a little bit older than me. Yeah. The same videos, especially in junior high and high school. Uh-huh. And these were all the ski videos that would come out. Any ski shop that you went to, they always had them playing on loops. Yes. So I would sit there and stare at these things while I was supposed to be shopping when I was never actually shopping. Right. So I knew of him, but I've never, you know, I wouldn't be able to say like, oh, he's done this and this and this. Okay. I have no idea. I knew he made videos. So, I mean, we're talking about skiing and, and how great it is to strap two planks of wood and slide down the mountain real fast. Mm-hmm. And... um. There is certainly different aspects of the sport. There's your recreational skiers that, you know, go once a year and come from Texas and visit, you know, the yep. Western states to go. There's ski racing. Uh, there's freestyle, like yep. organized freestyle, like your aerials and your mogul skiing and all that. But then there's free skiing, which kind of has kind of taken shape, I think, in a lot of ways. Not to combat snowboarding in a way, but... Yep. Skiing lost its uh, – It lost her edge. It, it, it lost its cool factor yeah. um, when snowboarding came on the scene. It kind of was getting kind of dull and it was mm-hmm. like – it was the older crowd's thing and it, and yeah. it lost its its younger generation's appeal. Um, so the mid-90s and late-90s, free skiing really started to ramp up a whole, a whole lot. Yeah. Um, and a lot of it came from um, – you know, the, the ski movies that you're talking about and Shane McConkie was a pioneer in these things. Yep. Um, you know, they called it back then extreme skiing, which was kind of like a stupid tag word, but yeah, it's helicopter it, it or hella skiing, hella skiing and yep. skiing big lines in Alaska and in the Alps and in Europe and stuff. But, um, then it took on a whole different look when they started skiing in the park, yeah. doing big jumps and skiing switch which backwards in the, in the introduction of the twin tip ski mm-hmm. revolutionized everything and sliding rails. So it's, it's finally got its core back and skiing. Now it's great to see what seems to be a good mix. I don't know if it's 50, 50 or what the percentage of kids that are just starting is. now yeah. want to get into skiing as opposed to what was the only cool thing to kind of get into, which was snowboarding. Yep. It's a nice breath of fresh air to see a lot of kids in the park skiing these days. Oh, I, I was always – and maybe that's what I gravitated towards in my, in my ski journey because my dad – you know, we moved from Minnesota. And, of course, when you think Minnesota, it's automatically hockey, right? Like it's lakes everywhere. Yeah. So you play hockey. Absolutely. So you know how to skate and that's it. So I wasn't introduced to skiing at all. We actually had a hill in Minnesota called Garbage Hill, which was literally garbage. That but, was the name of the place. Uh-huh. We'd, we'd go sledding on it, but there, I remember, and pff, my dad could tell me if I'm wrong. I my memory's so bad, but uh, there was a hill that had one ski lift on it. It literally went up like four poles. Oh, so yeah. That was it. And it if you went straight went. down, you'd be down in 30 seconds. seconds. Easy. Yeah. It's tiny. So we moved here um, and to, Utah. to Utah, and my dad started skiing and immediately started taking me and my brother up to learn. And so I learned to ski at the age of probably seven. Wow. It was my first time on the mountain. Super early. And loved it. Um, First grade. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Loved it. Loved every minute of it. Um, Skied with my dad almost every Sunday growing up. You know, the times we didn't go to church. And 
man, it, it became this thing. And it's funny that you talk, you brought up snowboarding because it really turned for me, especially my age group where everyone snowboarded. Right? We were right. We were the odd ones out. Yeah. I was hundred percent an odd in one the out. mid to late nineties. It was me. And I can think of two other dudes in my high school that skied. Oh. Everyone else snowboarded. Yeah. It was us and a bunch of snowboarders. Mm-hmm. And I think the reason I stuck with it and loved it the most is one I already had all the equipment. It's not a cheap sport, Mm-mm. right? No. And, so, and that's something to, to yeah. be said. It's it's a really – it's a big divide because the access to it is not simple mm-hmm. to get there and to get all – and to pay for the lift ticket and to get all the equipment is yep. so – it's astronomical even now. Oh, yeah. So all my secondhand stuff that, you know, I'd save up for or get from a buddy or whatever, I was like, I'm not changing my shit now. Like, I'm not going to yeah. get all new equipment. That's insanity. Yeah. yeah. So I just skied and just kept skiing and, of course, still ski. Um, and, I've you know, if my kids want to snowboard, that's up to them. But yeah. everyone in our house skis. Um, that's awesome that you started at such an early age. Did your dad teach you everything? No. Or did you get lessons? I got lessons. Did you? Yeah, my dad didn't know how to ski. Really? Uh-huh. He learned with us. Oh, that's amazing. Um, I started, I think I was third grade. Yeah. Um, I, I remember the Christmas that I got him. It was like the last present that I got. It was a treasure hunt to get to the you know destination of which was my first pair of skis. Nice. That were bought from like a play it again yep. sports type of joint. Uh-huh. Um, and my bindings had runaway straps on them. <laughs> do you remember runaway straps? Yes, I do. So... <laughs> For anybody that's not a skier, um, right now the system that you your ski boot will click into the skis, and if you fall out of your skis, which they're made to release off your feet, there's a pair of brakes that will stop the ski. Yep. And when, with runaway straps, there was no brakes. If the ski fell off of your boot, it was literally tied to your leg. So you'd click into your binding, and then you'd take this, you know these two straps and connect them mm-hmm. with this buckle around your shin. And that's how it worked. It's almost like and if you took a really bad wreck, you'd be ragged on and the skis wah, would just be wah. slamming you. So <laughs> I was still too young to like wreck that hard, but that, I mean, I watch videos and watch them go boom. Yeah. Yeah. So that's how early I started. I mean, there that's were breaks early. at the times, but I just got an older pair. I was in third grade and my dad took me up and. What was the. What was the reason? Like your dad? My dad grew up skiing. Did he grow? Okay. Um, and and I don't know why he thought I would like it. I, I, I honestly will have to ask that question, but yeah. I immediately took to it. Yeah. Um, my dad was a great teacher. I, I didn't take any formal lessons, but we went the first day to the bunny hill and he had me doing the snow plow and mm-hmm. going back and forth. And I immediately was like, let's go to the top. But we just bought the pass for the bunny hill the first time. And yeah. then the second time we got the lift ticket. Now I was to the top and just going. I, I took to it really, really well. And I immediately was like, yep, I want to read Ski Magazine. Mm-hmm. I want to get all the videos I could. And back in our younger days in the 80s, all you really could see was Warren Miller Warren movies. Warren Miller, yeah. It was all Warren Miller. Um, but since then, the last 20 to 25 years have seen a massive – shift in the amount of ski movie content you can see mm-hmm. um but anyways shane mcconkey the guy we're talking about um was a huge pioneer in all of those those early days of free skiing mm-hmm. um 
he actually was born in Vancouver, Canada. Um, his mom and dad split when he was young. His dad, I think, stayed in Whistler. Okay. And his mother moved to Santa Cruz, and he grew up skiing in Tahoe. Um, That's too bad. Actually, his Sorry. dad <laughs> has a few lifts or a few runs named after him at Alta and at Park City. Doesn't surprise me at all. McConkie's run. Um, yep. Which I I thought it was – I didn't know the, the history behind it until I started looking it up, but it was for his dad, Jim. And uh, Wasn't he, he an Olympian? He did not go to the Olympics. He did ski race and okay. moved to Boulder and went to school at CU. Okay. And was just delivering pizzas and skiing, but then got into this thing of extreme skiing and actually did really well in the early 90s. He oh. was winning and podium – hitting the podiums at um, – in Valdez, Alaska for the world extreme yeah. championships and shit like that. Um, and then back in them days, everything was either you're on the circuit of the world cup mm-hmm. and you're on a, like a national team, but they also had, um, pro pro tours, yeah. which was, you're not affiliated with the team, but you were a professional skier and you'd be in like the pro bud mogul tour. And he skied on that too. Oh, okay. And uh, at one event in in Vail, Colorado, he he did a backflip, which wasn't okay back in the days. You couldn't you couldn't get inverted. Yeah, it was against the rules for some reason. So during the mogul contest, did a backflip. Patrol took his pass, and he got naked and poached the the mogul run and skied it naked. And actually, the picture that you see on this can of beer is him doing is the him doing a spread eagle, spread eagle totally naked. naked. Whoopsies. And then he lost his rights to Val forever for that little <laughs> for that little thing. So the dude, um, I mean, he could talk all day and talk this whole episode about Shane. But real quick, he you know was a lot of first descents in Alaska and and British Columbia and in Europe and stuff like that. As far as you know, big lines and yeah. hella skiing and all that stuff. Um, and then he really started to pioneer like ski basing. Like he would do a lot of just skydiving in his sections of his movies, but then would go from skydiving to base jumping. And then he combined skiing and, and then base, base jumping. jumping and just going off a cliff. Yeah. And that's actually how he lost his life. Um, we're coming up on his, the anniversary of his, of his death. Um, actually pretty soon here. It'll be 12 years, March 26th, I think, 09. He was doing a ski base in the Dolomites in Italy. Yeah. And he had a malfunction because when he would ski base, he had a system rigged up to where he'd fly off the cliff and then he'd pull away his skis, which were supposed to fly off. Yeah. One of his skis got hung up. And by the time he got that thing figured out, it was- It was too late. It was too late. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Super, super sad. Super brutal. But now- um, He's got a foundation that his wife and all of his friends have set up, and they have this thing you can check out on shaneMcConkey.org and his foundation, and they do a, a a race every year. And what do they support? What's their what do they give money to? Um, a lot of things. Um, he is also known for a lot of things. He had a lot of antics and super fun dude. Um, funny. He was also known as Saucer Boy. Okay. So he would combine <laughs> snowler blading with a saucer. That can't be. That can't be. 
that seems that, that impossible. Was, yeah. You ever tried to ride a saucer? Uh, it, it never goes well. It never does. <laughs> but with him on his ski blades, whatever you would call those things, you know, just this little roller blades oh, yeah. or whatever. And then he'd drop to his ass and go down on the saucer and then do <laughs> and then some pop more back turns up. and then top, pop back up, you know. <laughs> they have wow. the pain McSchlonky. The pain McSchlonky. Pain McSchlonky. Tell me what that is. It's a annual classic ski race where everybody has to be in those ski blades and they just do a, you know. Oh, this sounds terrible. Massive Chinese downhill. <laughs> it sounds like broken To the legs. bottom. Oh, yeah. It's just a, an absolute, you know, carnage on the way down. It's Jeez. a blast. So every year at Squaw Valley. Uh, wow. This year's event is still to be announced because of, I'm sure, COVID. But yeah. Wow. Crazy. I mean, I'm. Anywho. Did it, I'm guessing, and I'm just guessing here, but I'm guessing this is a guy that you followed when he was alive, for pretty sure. closely, he, pretty very closely. Um, I actually met him one time. Really, uh, I did. Um, so let me go back. Um, when I had said it, it shaped a, a lot of my decisions in my mm-hmm. lifetime. Um, I obviously skied all my life growing up. I always knew in the back of my head I was going to move out west. Yeah. Growing up in New York and skiing those small hills, it was just kind of like the Mecca. Yeah. It was just not a if, it was just a when. Mm-hmm. I just had to get that means. Um, joined the Air Force, and when I graduated from tech school, which is where I learned my job, you just get an assignment of whatever you get. Yeah. And they told me I'm going to eastern New Mexico. I didn't know what that meant. I knew it was out west somewhere. The very first thing I did was go, okay, where can I go skiing? Yeah. As long as I can go skiing, I don't care where I go. Yeah. I had to drive quite a ways from where I was in eastern New Mexico, but I could go skiing in like Taos. Yeah. Albuquerque. And then further north was Colorado. So I had access. And my very first time skiing out west was in... Wolf Creek, Colorado, and I was shouting at the top of my lungs, riding <laughs> up the lift for the first time. Pretty exciting! Oh isn't my it? god, I was so psyched. We're we would, spoiled as hell here. I know, so spoiled. I would get off of work on Friday, four p.m. Yeah, we'd load up the truck, drive eight hours to wherever we could get to. In this case, it was Wolf Creek. Mm-hmm. Um, ski all day Saturday, ski all day Sunday. And then drive home all night. Sunday night and then work Sunday Monday Sunday night, morning. get home, get, you know, a few hours of sleep and then wake up Monday morning Ooh. and go back to work. But that's what you did. It's just, shit, we were 18, you were 18 young. 20 yeah, years it old. Matter. It didn't matter. I mean, yeah. we'd feel it, but. Not as much as you would now. It didn't matter. Yeah. It's, it's just what we did. So. Well, I think, you know, before we move on, um, I have skied with your, your ass. and My uh, ass. Chris is damn good. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. <laughs> Chris is really, really, really good. Decent. It's, no, he's good. Um, my fat ass is out of shape. I consider myself a decent skier. Ow. And I just slammed my hand on the okay? table. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Chris is – Chris is – Chris. Chris. I called you Chris. Um, Chris is damn good. Um, really fun to ski with, by the way. I just uh, – a little out of breath because I'm fat. Yeah, I don't want to say that at that, all. Though. You look good. You have been working out a ton. I can still do turns. I skied with you, and I wouldn't say you're a fat ass and you can't do it. You were there with me every step of the way. 
Just a little behind. I wouldn't even say that. <laughs> a little behind. I think you're a fantastic skier, and we are truly lucky yeah, to, we are. to live where we live and, and ski the best stuff. The powder here is bonkers. It's and amazing. I, I've always said this. I think we've even talked about this before, but anytime, you know, especially my four years in college, anytime I'm back in Pittsburgh, everyone's like, oh, Colorado. Oh, Colorado. I'm like, yeah. I'll Please give it to go you. there. Colorado's great. Utah's got better skiing. Utah has better skiing and it has better access. Yeah. Um, Colorado, you fly into Denver. You're, you're an hour and a half away. An hour at least yeah. to the first accessible place. Yep. And then you have all of the city of Denver and, you know, mm-hmm. surrounding using the same interstate to get to where you're going. Yep. So that can be intense. We do have some of that here still. A little. With I-80 and then getting mm-hmm. into the big and little Cottonwood Canyons. Um, because those so places are so amazing. Though. But we do have so many more options. If one's going crazy, you can kind of, you know, uh, you know, take the exit to a different place. And mm-hmm. I think we have, what, 11 world-class spots within one hour of where we live yep. from downtown Salt Lake. And my kids just finished uh, ski lessons, after-school ski lessons, which – yeah. Reese loved. I don't know if Jack loved it. He caught on pretty quick. They're still so young, dude. First grade is really, really young. But I don't know what the right answer and the know. right age is to when you have all of your, clicks. you know, faculties and your your balance and your your I don't know your skill. I don't, he was, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see if he keeps going. Um, whether or not it, it strikes a chord and whether it's fun for you, you know. Yeah. It was fun to watch him. Um, I was bummed I couldn't actually get on skis with him with my my toe injury, but now now I'm back in business, so we're we're gonna try and get up you and I actually with our families. Let's um, do it, or please. our adults, yeah, way, yeah, um, and get one more because now it's fucking spring already. This is my favorite time of year to ski. Do you like it or not? Spring skiing has never been my favorite. Really, to be honest, no, because it's uh, you don't get that fluffy. There powder. is no powder. It's and that's corn what I'd love to and slush, yeah. and it's warm and sunny. And it's nice because it's warm and sunny. I'll yeah. give you that. But I, my, I love the powder. Do you? I love it. I love finding fresh tracks. That's my favorite thing to do. Like I mentioned earlier, there's so many different facets into whatever. Um, I don't know whatever the feeling or the sensation of strapping things to your feet and sliding fast down a mountain brings yeah. i don't know it's just it's something special it's addicting um it's a if really you expensive sport to get addicted yeah, to yeah <laughs> it really is and like i said it it really the access for for the average you know middle class person is not yeah it's not there anymore and it's only getting worse yeah that it's become worse and the more time goes on it's getting worse and luckily though for you Having that military discount is awesome. I wouldn't be able to do what I'm doing, yeah. you know? It's and it's way too expensive to do with an entire family. Yeah. I'm not balling out of control. I can't imagine what family's traveling in from out of town. Oh, you can't imagine the hotel. Flying, hotel, rentals, food, everything. everything. Oy, that's ridiculous. Um, Crazy. I will give a huge shout out to Nordic Valley, though, the very small resort that we live semi-close to. That kids ski absolutely free. So both my kids got a season pass. They can go anytime they want. And because we're local, it's free. Yeah. And I think that's amazing because it'll get them 
if they want to do it, they can do it. And, you know, they get to be adults and they want to keep paying for it, then they can make that choice. I have to second that. Um, There isn't a better place in Utah for your kids to learn. That's where we took our kids. And as far as teaching, um, we might have mentioned it before. Um, I don't know. I took to the sport really well. Mm -hmm. And I think my dad was just a really good teacher. Um, The way he explained it made sense. But when I started my kids, uh, they were a little bit younger than when I started. Mm-hmm. And I would say things, okay, like use this edge and turn this way. and Just do this. Yeah. Where it wasn't um, being totally understood. Um, so I, I kind of hit a wall with teaching. So I just said, I can't teach you guys anymore because it was getting frustrating for them mm-hmm. and for me. Mm-hmm. So I put them into that after school program at Nordic Valley and they made it fun and they loved it. And when they came out of it, we are all ready to go shred together. So it was perfect. Yeah. No, it's, there's something to that. And I, it even goes back to coaching too. When I've been coaching soccer with Reese, like I know what to do and what I wanted to do, but for me to convey that in a way that doesn't come off as being a complete asshole, it's really difficult for me to do. And listening to your dad tell you is so much different than, if you took a carbon copy and, you know, put a ski jacket on or ski instructor coat yep. on, you'd be like, oh, that's what I do. But oh. you're saying the same exact thing. Yeah. And it's I true. understood that when I was um, trying to teach my wife too. I'm like, I'm not even going to bother because it's going to turn into a fight. <laughs> yeah. So I just got her a lesson and it, it was just way more successful. <laughs> yeah. I've made uh, – my claim to fame with skiing with uh, the other sex is not great. Um <laughs> I've made my wife cry. I've made uh, my one of my best friends from college. His wife called yeah. me a fucker. Um, it was not. I'm I'm not great. I, I, I can't. You teach don't even skiing. have to explain it. I understand <laughs> where everybody was coming from because it's. I just it can be tough. Yeah, Courtney will tell you this the story, and I I still feel terrible. We had skied all day. We were at Basin um, Snow Basin for those that don't live here. Okay, and it's the end of the day. And we're coming down to finish the day and she's going super slow and she ends up falling down and I'm coming up behind her and I stop, make sure she's okay. Cause I'm not a complete asshole, right? I'm you an didn't spray her? Not, no, I didn't spray okay. her. Okay. And I'm <laughs> that like, I'm like really bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, eat it. Suck. <laughs> uh, and so I stop, I'm like, you okay? And she's like, oh, my knee. And I'm like, well, I think you're probably fine. And this little kid comes by. This kid's got to be five or six, right? Okay. And he's cruising. Yeah, yeah. And his dad's just the proudest dad, you know, ever because this kid's killing it. Yeah. And he flies past her and I'm like, see, the six-year-old is going. Like, you can get up. Mm-hmm. And then the tears started. Oh, and then no. we come to find out she had torn a ligament. Oh, I'm the God. biggest asshole on earth. So, I don't try and teach skiing anymore. It's just not – I can't. Well – I'm not good at there's it. There's something to be said. The ability to do is not – Anywhere near the ability to teach what you do. Yeah. The mechanics are so few and far between. So the respect I have for the professional instructor is just through the roof. It's it's amazing. The patience and the understanding with that job is incredible, especially with the young kids. Mm -hmm. Um, Shout out Brian, my older brother. He's been ski instructing for many, many years. Yeah. Um, And his – uh, just about made his level three 
PSIA Professional Ski Instructors of America as high as certification, get, right? highest yeah. you can get. It's a it's a pretty huge achievement. Good um, for him. But COVID hit and he wasn't able to do the the practicals. Yeah. Um, like uh, some of it's written, and then there's the other. You gotta be on the mountain. Yeah, gotta be on the mountain. So, anyways, he's been he's been teaching forever, and man, he's he's so good with children and just everybody. God bless him. Lots I of cool not. stories, you know. <laughs> I'm not from from him. I uh, I'd love to get a a story from him just from his years of teaching yeah. kids and adults alike. And yeah. If you've ever seen Aspen Aspen Extreme, have you seen that movie? No, but I saw Ski Schools on HBO. Yeah, Go. yeah. It's my favorite movie of all time. It's incredible, man. Um, <laughs> Who dog is this? Sorry, sorry, I'm off on I, tangent. I know that one. I know what you're saying. Um, but I don't know. Back in the single days. You know, the the ladies like the instructors. Let's just, oh, absolutely. Let's say that or there the ski was, patrol guys, right? Yeah, absolutely. they had that red jacket. Just it does it. It is. Um, <laughs> I have to tell one ski story. There's so many because I've grown up skiing. But it's a million. The one I have to tell you is, uh, you know, my father-in-law. Um, they skied probably until man. They they had a a townhome in Park City that they bought in the, the early 80s that they got for like a steal. Like Who was this? My father-in-law. Okay. They got it for like 30 grand and they split it between like six families back oh in the 80s gosh. in Park City because Park City wasn't big back in the 80s. Park City wasn't Park City no, now. not at yeah. all. So they got this awesome townhome that sit on the base of the canyons um, and it was, I mean, just primo spot. And yeah. so they went skiing as a family every year like no doubt for you know for as long as they could remember yeah then as the girls got older because my father-in-law had four girls you know they just tended to not want to do that anymore and they they kind of went away from skiing so Courtney didn't go back to skiing until we got together um and then I started taking her skiing but my father-in-law always had the equipment and always talked this huge game Mm -hmm. about how great a skier he was right oh boy and so my brother-in-law Peter is a boarder and we were like, all right, well, one of these days, if, if the old man wants to get up and, and try and ski and keep up, let's just see how good he really is. Mm-hmm. And I have no idea, right? I've never skied with the guy. And this is all unspoken. Yeah. All unspoken. Mm-hmm. He has no, no idea. Mm-hmm. And so finally the day comes where we end up getting the, the town home, um, during a great weekend. Sure. Um, and so we were all going to go skiing, just me and my father-in-law, my brother-in-law, we take him up and we shoot him right down a black diamond. Mm-hmm. And oh my gosh, Chris, it was like victory for life for me because yes. he was struggling so bad. Can you imagine? So everyone thinks it's hilarious to have the one piece right now, right? Back in the 80s because they were so badass. They do think it's hilarious now. He has his original. Oh boy. And he wore it that day. And he's struggling so bad. He We get about halfway down this black diamond um, he's on the ground. We're under a lift. I feel kind of terrible, but at the same time, I'm just jumping up for joy. Like I told you, like, yeah, yeah. I can ski. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the ski patrol, <laughs> the ski patrol comes down, stops and is like, are you okay? <laughs> and we're like, yeah, I think he's okay. And he's like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm just, it's going to be a while. And, uh, ended up, you know, he finally got down the mountain, but it was like Took the a biggest long time. victory for me. Like, hmm, and don't you talk. probably haven't skied together since. Never again. Oh. Does he still ski? I don't. I probably his last time skiing. <laughs> <laughs> you retired him. Oh, you murdered man. him, and it felt so good. <laughs> anyway, that's anyway, my one story. That's you got more stories, dude. 
Growing up, um, did you go, you know, in high school with just a, a group of friends? Oh, hell yeah. You've seen videos yes, of our antics. I have seen videos. That's um, why I brought it up. You you were a, a wild man. We did some up in your dumb Utah. shit. We did some dumb shit. You did some cool shit. We didn't. I didn't land it. If I'd landed any of it, I'd been cool. But the fact that you were trying it and you were <laughs> that close, the video I'm referring to, you guys were doing back and front flips. Yeah. At Powder Mountain, I think. Uh-huh. Right? Yep. I never got upside down on skis, with the exception of uh, into water, which here hey, in Utah, there's awesome. the Utah Olympic Park. And I you think can, we should do that. You, you can hit the ramps yeah, and land, land in, the in the pool, which they release bubbles. Make it soft. To break the surface tension of the water. You and I should do it. And I did flips into that and in your rubbing elbows with all of the Olympians and pros that train there as well. I'm fine with that. Which is so okay with cool. That. It's so awesome. <laughs> Shout out Utah Olympic Park. It's it's dude, we're spoiled living where we live. We really are. Um Yeah, I did some dumb shit. I do want to tell you a story about meeting Shane McConkey. So Yeah, you gotta tell me this story. So I um am in New Mexico and, and we're skiing in Colorado, New Mexico, wherever I can. Um my going away present when I left um New Mexico, I, I got orders to Korea. Okay. They didn't give me a plaque. They got me a beer stein that had uh, laser etched into it all the places that I skied while being stationed there, which is – Oh, that's amazing. If you've ever seen eastern New Mexico, it's as flat as you can ever possibly imagine. Yeah. It's, it's, it's pretty much west Texas. Yeah. So, I'm nowhere near mountains. You had to really drive far to get to them. But that was – my going away was all the places I got to ski while I was there. That's cool. Which was neat. So I get orders to Korea. I bring my skis, and it's a year assignment, mm-hmm. and I get um, two two weeks R and R. Most people would fly back to the United States to yeah. see their families. That I did not do. Instead, I took military hops, which was getting on a military flight. You know, space available to wherever we could go. I brought my skis with me, me and my friend Zeb. That sounds amazing. So this plane's already going somewhere anyway, and you're just catching and a ride. And we are just going, we want to go to Japan. Oh, I love he, this. Okay. My friend Zeb has a friend from high school in um, Kadena, which is on the southern tropical island okay. of Japan. Okay. Um, did I say that right? Kadena. Um, it is. If you've ever seen the movie Karate Kid Part 2. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that island? It was, it was a tropical Vaguely. place. That's where we went. Okay. So it's, I think January or, yeah, it's January. Okay. <laughs> and it's, you know, 75 degrees and we're playing golf, but I have ski boots and skis with me. <laughs> we're toting everywhere. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so we took a hop from from South Korea over to this tropical paradise and I'm I've got my ski equipment with me. Yep. Then we fly from that southern island up to the mainland of Japan, mm-hmm. <laughs> which going through all of the train stations, lugging all this shit was just nuts. Yeah. Um, we get to Tokyo, you know, big metropolitan yep. city, which we hung out in this spot called Rapongi. It's like Times Square on steroids. Yeah. Um, and then we took a bullet train from Tokyo into the mountains okay which a bullet train is just like it sounds it's it's hauling yeah we're going over 100 miles an hour and we're going through the mountains and 
all I remember was being in, uh, you know, dense city mm-hmm. and then we're inside the mountain and then we popped out and we're in this crazy mountain wonderland. We yeah. went to this place called Naiba. Okay. And at the base of it was the biggest ski resort hotel, I think, in the world at the time. This was 2001. Okay. It was a mile end-to-end. Whoa. <laughs> and the weeks that we chose was the core extreme games at this place in okay. Japan, which was Japan's equivalent to the X Games, mm-hmm. which the X Games is massive here. But in Japan, free skiing really, really caught on. Okay. When the first twin tips were released, we were there for that kind of revolution. Okay. So. I got to see and meet all of my favorite free skiers. Awesome. Shane McConkie, Tanner Hall was there. Hmm, um, that sounds familiar. It does sound familiar. <laughs> he was a cameo on one of our episodes. Um, JP O'Claire, rest in peace. Shane McConkie was there, rest in peace. All of these, you know, icons that yeah. I just was tickled to meet. I'm they're meeting them and I'm in the middle of nowhere mountain. Japan. Japan. Yeah. It was incredible. It was so cool. And I had my, you know, eight millimeter, you know, video camera camera filming the whole competition, which was super cool. And 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 Shane actually won the skier cross at that event. That's awesome. And that dude back in the day was he was doing everything. Everybody did everything back in the day. Now everyone has a lane and they pretty much stick to it. Yeah. You're a film guy. You're a backcountry guy. Mm-hmm. You are a big air guy. You're a rail guy or like, you know, street skiing mm-hmm. stuff. Back then, everybody competed in everything. Mm-hmm. Shane McConkie was doing moguls. He was doing big mountain skiing. He was doing big air and winning all this shit. Um, and, and skier cross is a like, oh, I love just like it cross. sounds, but um, he won that event in uh, in Japan that year. So. Anyways, that's when I met Shane McConkie. That's crazy. It's crazy. I met him in Japan. <laughs> of all the places to meet somebody. Yeah. Especially was, in this sport. It was it was crazy. Um, if anybody knows the Twin Tip Ski, um, I got to see the Solomon Pocket Rocket before it was released to the public because all of Solomon's reps were there because mm-hmm. um, that resort in particular in Japan as a country bought more um 1080s which was one of the first twin tip skis to be made bought the most pairs so i got to ski the blue solomon 1080 which was the second release of that the first one was yellow i got to ski it because i rented it so i was lugging all my shit everywhere from korea (laughs) and i get there and i rented skis so So you had your single tips for nothing yes you dragged everywhere i drug everywhere i got there and i skied the uh, dude, it was the first twin tip I had seen in real life. That's I'd only hilarious. seen it in movies. I rented them, and I got to ski backwards and land backwards. It was it was life changing. Yeah, it was amazing. That's crazy. Super cool. That's super cool. Skiing super cool. It is super cool. Take um, your kids. You should take your kids. I'd love. We'd love to hear your stories. You know, jump in our Instagram, our Facebook, email us. Let us know if you've uh, decided to take your kids skiing and how that went. Um, Chris and I, again. Eight, you come out to Utah, uh, and Chris will show you a good time. I'll be behind you a little bit, but I'll be there. No, you got to stop <laughs> selling yourself short. You're you're an expert skier. I'm okay. I'm an S- expert skier with a little asterisk. A little, 
I can slide rails. That's about it. I can ski backwards. That's the only difference. You can ski all the same (sighs) shit. Anyway. Anyway. Until next time. Gosh dang it. This was fun. I wanted to do another one. Maybe in season 14 we will. Maybe we bring on an actual professional skier. Maybe we do that. Hint, hint. Tanner Hall. (laughs) (laughs) He said he was going to listen anyways. (laughs) Until the next time, guys. Stay positive and love your life. Later. Later.